You ready for some word today? Amen. Let's get into it. Uh, I want to begin in 1 Samuel chapter 2, as we have been for a number of weeks now. I've been teaching this series uh, called Honor Do. And I hope we're making some progress. If you've been with us, uh, when I say I hope, I expect that these things land. Uh, I'm staying on it for a little while for a reason because I think cultural norms are sometimes hard to disrupt. Upbringing and all this kind of, these kind of things there, it takes a real diligent effort on our part to recognize honorable behavior, honorable actions, and the, and the contrast to that, dishonorable, to identify it and say, this is of God, I sh- should do it. This is not of God, I should eliminate it. And I realize most of us probably are willing and we're yielded to the degree that we know we are. Sometimes we act in such a way that is inconsistent with God's best, therefore limiting His blessing on our life. But we don't know, we can't put our finger on it. We don't know because I've always done it this way. This is the way I've always done church and God and family and life. And and so we continue in our habits, continue in our sometimes dishonorable patterns until we can see it. And so my prayer is that our eyes be opened, that our hearts be enlightened to see the ways of God, the truth of God. Amen. Amen. As we do this, he'll help us more and more. I tell you, whatever subject we approach, whatever scripture, if we always do it from that mentality, meaning there's an inward heart's prayer that says, Lord, teach me this, show me your ways, grant me understanding, then we'll... I tell you, we'll milk every scripture for, <laughs> for what it's worth. You know, we'll see things in it that'll actually produce change in our lives. Yeah. Even if you've been a believer for a long time, some of you have for, for decades, uh, never settle in and think I've pretty much got this figured out and I'm good to go until I get to heaven. Man, that's such a limiting approach. There, I tell you, there are, there are revelations in John 3.16 that you haven't received yet. <laughs> There's an understanding, a light that can come. Amen. I think of it sometimes like this, uh, that I think of that about copy paper that you can buy, you know, in reams. And, and the copy paper has different levels of brightness, right? And you could get some really nice 88 think that's one of the numbers. And you think, that's white. Look at that white piece of paper. And then someone pulls up to you with a 100 in, you know, brightness or whiteness or something. And you put it next and all of a sudden yours looks yellow. (laughs) You're like, what is going on here? And uh, well, it's relative then. And sometimes we think, I have revelation, I understand this, look, this is amazing, it is. But could, there, could it be, you know, yellow compared to what could happen in your life? Amen? All right, well, stop interrupting me. Let's get to our message. <laughs> I don't know what it feels like in your seat, but up here it's pretty glorious. <laughs> It really is. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, so I could just kind of, you know, sit in the hot tub for a little bit. 1 Samuel 2 and verse 30 has been our text for this series. 
It reads, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Okay, one of the, the, the revelation, the, the clear revelation is God honors those who honor him. That's amazing. Knowing what that means, knowing how to honor him is a worthy goal. All right. But sometimes we don't get is, is dishonor is also defined by the Lord as lightly esteeming. So we think, I don't, I don't dishonor. It's not like I have dishonor. I'm just busy. Or, you know, I I have not given the Lord priority, and that is in his mind dishonor. Everybody with me? Okay. Uh, Remember the NCV, but I will dishonor those who ignore me. So that's one way we we dishonor God, is we just pay attention to something else instead of him. And then the GW reads, those who despise me will be considered insignificant. And then Romans 13, 7 reads, Therefore, render therefore to all that are due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Honor is something that is owed, something that is due from us to those it is due to. All right? Now, what sometimes we speak about uh, in, the, in the church world and, and in here, and I like to talk about it, about the glory of God. And we think about, talk about the glory of God in this way because there are different manifestations of God's glory we read about in Scripture. And sometimes it can be so glorious, so heavy, so thick that you can't even function. All right? I believe there's a measure at least of God's glory in the surface today. I mean, it's nice. I, I enjoy it. I would love to just swim around for a while. Amen. I mean, it's that desirable. It's a, it's a, it's a measure of heaven. You know, but the, in the scriptures, we, talk, we see the glory of God would come down in a cloud and people couldn't stand. And, and the glory of God came down on that Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus and, and Peter, James, and John when Moses and Elijah came up. And, and Peter was kind of dumbfounded, didn't even know what he's saying because the glory of God was just so powerful. And, uh, and all these things can happen. Healings happen and just easy and quick and just manifestations of God's goodness all over the place. And so we love that. We love to talk about it, believe for it, pray for it. And, and it was something to consider is in the, in the Word of God, the Hebrew word that is translated honor that we've read. Remember, we told you at the beginning it means heavy or weighty. Uh, it's the exact same word translated glory. Same word, same word translated glory. When the glory of God would come, you could say the honor of God came. The honor of God is shown. That's the glory of God. These are, these are really the same thing. And so we say, I want, I want to be in services. I want to be in my own bedroom where the glory of God is manifest. And I see his glory just like they did in, different, in times past. Well, what are we saying? We're talking about honoring God. So how could we put ourselves into position to receive more of that? Well, if you honor me, I'll honor you. Okay, if you honor me, I'll make you weighty. If you honor me, I'll show you my glory. I mean, that's what Moses prayed. Lord, show me your glory. Moses on the mount, on the, on the, when he got the Ten Commandments, that experience. Show me your glory. All right. 
not wrong to seek that, but this is how we set ourselves up for it. We honor Him. The things of God become so very important to us. Yeah? If you want to see the glory of God manifest in your life more, I recommend, one recommendation, pay attention to this message. Because <laughs> this is helping us to come up in this regard. Okay? We were reading last week about one of the stories about uh, uh, David and Uzzah, remember, who, when they were transporting the Ark of the Covenant, and they were doing it by ignoring God's directions in how to do that, both with the cart and then Uzzah by touching a very holy thing. And remember, he died in that, in, in, in that moment. And uh, and so just like they made light of God's instructions regarding the Ark of the Covenant, we must also be on guard that we never uh, treat holy things as common. All right? this, is a, this is a phraseology that's, that's frequent in Scripture, talking about things that are holy and things that are common. All right? Some things are um, special, if you will, and others are not special. That's a godly principle. Some things are set apart for certain specific use, and they shouldn't be used for other things. All right. I remember growing up, uh, my grandparents had a room in their house, and I don't know if it was because we were kids or what, but uh, the re- most of the house was just like a normal house. You could do whatever you want there. But then they had this room, the doors always closed. But I'd been in there before. It's got all this fancy furniture. I mean, just extra foo-foo and stuff, and, and, uh, and you just, we never would go in there. It's like, you have this room, do you ever use it? <laughs> but I think that room was holy to them in some way. And again, maybe it was just closed because the kids were over, I don't know. And we may have messed up that room, and they wanted to keep it for having, you know, grown-up guests. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they had that room that, that, was, that was holy, and I wonder sometimes if, if we have anything like that. Not necessarily a room, but if we're able to distinguish things in our life, especially those that are of God. All right. Now, uh, there are different things in Scripture that are identified as holy. And l- let me read this verse to you from Hebrews, talking about the blood of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 29 reads, Of how much worse punishment do you suppose... Will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? So, so notice, uh, notice this person um, worthy of punishment, and one of the, the characteristics there is they count the blood of the covenant, that's the shed blood of Jesus, a common thing. Not they say they don't. They're not saying it doesn't exist. They're just saying it's nothing special. It's nothing big. It's you know, blood is blood. It's a common thing, and, and the language used about that, and the word count there means it means lightly esteem, just like we read in the Old Testament. They lightly esteem it. The blood of Jesus that was shed, the blood of Jesus that, was, it, that is for the, the, the covenant, the blood of the covenant, it's common. It's no big deal. It's, it's nothing big. It's, it, it's not esteemed highly. 
that person, according to this scripture, is, is worthy of eternal punishment. So that's, that's big. That, that, that's just what we're talking about. You take something that God says, this is big time. This is major. This is holy. You treat it light, you're shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, you are harming yourself. And if it's, if it's that, then the, they make themselves worthy of eternal punishment. Now, other forms of dishonor may not carry the same consequences, eternal punishment, but they still limit um, the honor of God upon our lives. And this is super important that we're able to distinguish between what God says is holy and what is not or what is common. Okay? And so honorable people then recognize and set aside certain things for holy use. Dishonorable people, they make everything common. Everything is just the same. Now, what is holy then? What ought to be holy? What, what, is the Lord, what would be holy in the kingdom of God? I mean, the, the clearest answer is whatever he says. If he calls it, if he says it is, then we should say it is. If he says, this is holy to me, I should say, yep, holy to you. I'm not going to mess with that in any kind of casual way. I'm going to highly esteem this particular thing. Now, uh, you might be familiar with the story in the book of Acts where uh, Peter had a vision, had a vision of, the, uh, of the, the sheets and the animals in the sheep, in the sheets. Okay, it's Acts chapter 10 if you want to read the whole thing. And in, in this, he saw these, these animals both uh, that were considered unclean. Now, unclean by the standard of the law. If you read the Old Testament, certain animals could not be eaten. They were ceremonially unclean, right? And, uh, and Peter saw this, and the Lord said to him in that vision, uh, rise, Peter, kill and eat, right? So some of you recognize immediately the Lord's not a vegetarian, right? <laughs> anyway, that's not my point. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Eat, and Peter was like, no, 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 no. I've never eaten anything uh, unholy or, or I've never eaten anything unclean like that. I'm not going to do that. And the Lord responded to him. Let me just give you the verse, uh, Acts 10, 14. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, what God has cleansed you must not call common. So the Lord cleaned it or he changed it. This was because of the new covenant. He was opening the doorway for those animals that they were forbidden previously. They're no longer forbidden. He said, Peter, time to have a barbecue, buddy, because uh, I have made these clean now. And here's the rule, though. If I've done that, then you don't call it common anymore. You don't make it unholy if, because I have made it holy and that's the final word. All right. So think about uh, things um, that are in this category. You know, Jesus' death was not like any other death. I don't talk about Jesus dying as the same as anybody else dying. It was, it was holy. It was completely different. Uh, much is said 
in the Word of God in the Old Testament about various sacrifices and how they were holy to the Lord. Okay, you find that frequently. This offering, this sacrifice is holy to the Lord. It wasn't just like any other sheep or animal dying. This was holy. It was, it was different. Okay, we see um, in the Old Testament that the Sabbath day is called holy to the Lord. Now, there were strict penalties for people breaking these things that God called holy. All right, that's Exodus 31, 15. Uh, the tithe is referred to as holy to the Lord. In other words, the tithe or the tenth, the first tenth, is not the same as the rest of the money. To the Lord, he said, this is holy. Okay, at Leviticus 27, 30. And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. Okay, what's our goal in, in, in all this? I'm asking the question, Lord, what is holy to you? What do you say is, is distinct and not the same as everything else? So I can hold these things in a special place. I can close the door on that room. I'm not letting the kids in. <laughs> I can close the door on that room and say, this is set apart for you. I will not treat it. I'm not going to treat my 90 as I do my 10. Because it's different. Why? It's different to the Lord. Say, so I punched it up on the calculator and it's the same. <laughs> it's not to the Lord. All right. Uh, God's people are referred to as holy. Uh, Deuteronomy 7, 6. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. So, this is big because for most of us, that's us. You know what the Lord says about you? You're not like everybody else. Not to Him. You've received, his, you've received eternal salvation. You're part of His family. You are holy to Him. Set apart for His own special use. I mean, you are that special room. <laughs> yeah. You read about that in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 as well. But here's the, the principle is the Lord has fixed this. You know, the Lord told Peter, bacon is for breakfast, right? Why? Because I said it is. Not me, he had to. He's just saying you can, right? Uh, there are other behaviors. One of the things I, I think has happened through generations, and we have all generations here, and maybe some of you will recognize this, but certain behaviors the older you are, the more uh, you held things in distinction. I I'm talking about etiquette, right? And it seems that it's getting less and less. In other words, unless taught or instructed by parents or other means, younger generations have either no knowledge of or no consideration for uh, things that might be considered etiquette or manners, and everything is common. Doesn't matter who you're with or what the event is, it's all like you're at Burger King. You know, or just, we're at the park. And they, they draw no distinctions. And listen, this is not uh, praiseworthy. This is not a good thing. Say, well, it's, we're free, and we're free from all those rules and all that kind of stuff. No, 
That's, that's viewing that in, incorrectly. This does not honor God. I realize etiquette and some of those things are cultural and man-made. But the reason there, the reason it's godly is because it shows honor to other people. Even if it's made up by a culture, it is respectful when you come into someone else's environment to do what they want or do things that, that show them that they're important. Everybody with me? You know, the, when Paul wrote about love, one of the things he said, 1 Corinthians 13, 5 in the Amplified Bible, he said, it's not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. That's how love acts. It's not rude. It's not unmannerly. In other words, if you, if you, if you love other people, you have manners. What if you don't even know what manners are? What if you don't even know what etiquette is? And I realize it's different in different cultures and countries and depending on the occasion. But the honorable person will pay attention to it. The dishonorable person will say, I don't care about any of that stuff. Well, you don't, you don't respect people, do you? You have no regard for, for others and their, their value and their, their worth. I mean, it can be as simple as etiquette, you know, things like opening doors for people. That's honorable. Yeah, um, uh, it could be things like giving an older person your seat. You ever been maybe on a, a bus or something, and and uh, an old person, older person is standing, and you got a teenager there with the last seat. What would be honorable? The teenager or the younger person gets up and says, "Would you like to sit?" You know, or if it's a maybe if it's just a woman, I think that's honorable. See, people nowadays they want to blend everything. We know how that's going on. Everything's the same, and equal. well, that's dishonorable. It's ungodly. We we draw lines. We know, we distinguish between things. Why? For the purposes of honor. Um, uh, you know, standing when an honored guest arrives for dinner. Things like that. Uh, we see this sometimes nowadays with weddings. People, couple, couples, send out their wedding invitations, and they put their registry in there. And they don't even know that that's dishonorable. They're asking for presents. <laughs> Little things of etiquette. It's like, huh? That's what I'm talking about. When people don't know, they're not intentional. They just don't know. And, uh, you know, offering to carry something for another person. Maybe a lady comes in carrying something big. And, and uh, you know, a guy can go up and, and offer. Or an older person can offer to to carry something and, you know, dressing appropriate for an occasion. Certain occasions that, that require certain type of dress, the dishonorable person, they don't care about that. They'll do their, they'll come in their flip-flops to the funeral, you know, or whatever. There's different things, but an honorable person is asking questions and say, what would, what would show honor to this, this family in that case? Or... Or, or, or different things. Um, simple things like saying please and thank you, uh, punctuality, honorable people are on time so they don't put other people out, uh, not using crude or crass language, um, not even just talking about cussing, I'm just talking about appropriate for the situation and for who you're addressing. Amen. Cultural things are different. I, I've, I've noticed this over just over 
some of my life, and I've been in, in the ministry for whatever it is, 30-something years, but I've noticed it used to be more when I would meet people, you know, in, just in life or maybe playing golf or something like that, and they would find out, you know, like on hole six or something that I'm a pastor, their language would change. <laughs> they would stop saying certain things. And, and not that I, I would, I'm not putting that on anyone. It's like, I'm not requiring anything of anybody. Uh, but people, in other words, they had a certain respect. I've noticed in recent times, that's less common. People I know, and they find I'm a pastor, and they'll blankety-blank the next word. Not, not as an attack, they just have no regard. And again, I, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not offended by anything, but I'm seeing in culture, I, think, I don't think this is going in a positive way. It's going in a negative way. People don't have the honor that they used to have, systemically, kind of in our, in our growing up. And maybe you do. And, uh, I, I've t- you know, I've talked to Pastor Wade about this a number of times because, you know, people like him growing up in Texas and Pastor Mickey in Mississippi, I think they have some benefits. Benefits of, of, of how, they were to, how they were allowed to speak to parents. And, uh, and sometimes in other areas, I grew up in, you know, Southern California and then Idaho, and it's just not, it's not the same. But I have lots of friends from other areas, and they just how they could speak to their parents and how they couldn't. Um, it was different than what I grew up with. And I wish it were everywhere like it was where they grew up. In that regard. I think, it, I think it's better. I think it honors God. I think we can learn some things. So, um, anyway, like I said, uh, the dishonorable person, they don't really care about any of these, this kind of stuff. And, and, and so our, our question for ourselves, I think, would be, what have we made common that should be holy? What should be special? You know, and, and we don't. It's not. It doesn't hold that high regard in our own hearts. You know, maybe it's some things we talked about. Maybe it's the tithe. Maybe it's church. Maybe it's, it's worship. Maybe it's God's people. Maybe it's, uh, you know, the first of anything. You know, the scriptures talk about first fruits. Uh, maybe you can... By faith, set apart certain firsts in your own life, your first thought of the day. I'm going to make sure my first thought of the day is on the Lord. Amen. Now, I have a scripture for that, but in principle I do. In principle, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this as honor to the Lord. Uh, the name of Jesus. How many know we're not supposed to mess around with the name of Jesus? We don't flippantly say it. In the world, they cuss with it. In our hearts, we reverence Him. We never casually use that name. Why? Because that's power. That's the name above every name. Amen. Think uh, when we're talking about holy things. What about there's a there's a guy. He's really popular. Um, he's the third person in the Godhead. <laughs> he is called the Holy Spirit. How many think we should show respect? We should keep the Holy Spirit holy to us. Yeah? By the way, uh, Holy Spirit is not a name. <laughs> Just FYI, his first name's not Holy, his last name's not Spirit. You see people leave off the the? Jesus never did that. But that... <laughs> so, I don't know why I'm laughing. I, I just got touched on the top of my head. <laughs> I did. 
I'm going to tell you the glory of God. It's like he's saying, yeah, tell him that. It describes him. But it's still so important that we, that we uh, recognize that he is called the Holy Spirit for a reason. There are lots of spirits <laughs> that are not holy. And he is, above all, uh, holy. Jesus, Jesus gave special distinction to him. Do you remember this? When he talked about blaspheming. Not the Father, not the Son, but the Holy Spirit. And with serious consequences, he basically said, you do not attribute the work of the Spirit of God to the devil. You do not speak evil of what he does. Why does he get a special attention? Why do many things in God's kingdom get or deserve special recognition? It's the way he wants us to be. This is holy to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You guys are using up all my time. <laughs> I got to try to cut this off somewhere. Uh, is there anything in our hearts, in our lives that we have made unholy? Is there any way that we have, that we have treated the things of, of God, specific that he identified and we treat him with a little too much casualness. I tell you, if we will honor him in this way, he'll do what he's been wanting to do. He'll show himself strong and mighty in our midst. Come on, the glory of God will come upon us and surround us. And when God glorifies you, meaning, meaning I mean in an honorable way, he honors you. It, it pays off in your health and your finances in a long life. It pays off in, in so many things that we truly want and need. But giving glory to God gives us access to His honor. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, let's stop there for today.